0: This is future Anna coming in to say that when we recorded this episode, we had some Wi-Fi issues and as a result, the audio isn't as great as it normally is. So please do bear with us as we try to record remotely during these very unprecedented times.
1: This episode of Is This Working is brought to you by Moo. Moo is the place to go to easily design and print quality business cards, postcards, and stickers.
0: Hello, Anna. Hi, Tiffany. How's it going? Good, thank you. Very excited for what we have coming up now. Yes, we have a really special episode with a brilliant guest, Harriet Minter, the journalist, broadcaster, coach, and speaker, who all of the work that she does is all around women and careers. Um, We've actually had Harriet on the podcast before. She was on an episode called Bouncing Back with Harriet Minter, which was all about resilience. Um, which, to be honest, is probably something that all of us need more of right now or need to be building on right now. So, if you haven't already, I highly recommend you go and check that episode out. Um, but on today's episode, we well, we invited Harriet on to talk about productivity or the lack thereof right now because productivity in a pandemic feels to me at least to be an oxymoron. So we invited Harriet on and we had a really, really brilliant chat. Um, Every time I talk to Harriet, it feels like a personal pep talk. So I do hope that that is what you will experience as well, listening to this. Absolutely. It definitely
1: got me thinking about things that I'd been doing during the pandemic. And I learned a lot from the conversation. And Harriet also tells us about what it means to be lazy but ambitious. So really great show today. And should we get on with it? Yeah, let's
0: get on with the show. Hello, Harriet.
2: Welcome. Hello, ladies. Thank you so much for having me back. How exciting!
0: Harriet, do you want to introduce yourself for anyone who hasn't already listened to you on our show?
2: Yes. I can't remember how I introduced myself last time, so this might be different, but uh, I am a journalist, broadcaster, and coach. I specialize in writing, talking, working with women and careers, and um, yeah, I've been doing that for about, I think, in total, in some way, shape, or form, 15 years now, which both a long time and also like you've been saying 15 years for a really long time I think I was like trying to boost my credibility at 10 years by adding another five Um, yeah that's me
0: yes our resident expert in workplaces and women and so we thought you would be a perfect guest to come on today to talk about productivity in a pandemic or really lack thereof which has been (laughs) the case for some of us um Actually that's a really kind of good place for us to start. Totally. Harriet, do you feel like you've been productive in this pandemic?
2: So, I think it's actually really funny that you've asked me to talk about productivity because I think of myself as a fundamentally fairly unproductive in quotes person generally, pandemic or no. Um so I I've, I've described myself several times and I think this is still fair as ambitious but lazy, which FYI are Bill Gates' favorite people. He always says, if you have a problem, you should give it to somebody who's lazy but ambitious because they will find the quickest way to solve it. Um, and what that means is that my productivity has always been very peaks and troughs. So the one thing that I know, I know is that when I decide I want to get something done, I can get it done really, really quickly. But the flip that is that it will take me kind of weeks of thinking about it to get to it and a, an important life lesson for me has been around learning to be okay with that and sometimes I still feel a bit stressed I'm not doing enough or I've done too much or you know, I haven't got the balance but for me the ultimate thing is actually can you learn to be okay with not being productive and also not to be kind of a bit kind of big-headed and overly into yourself when you are productive Can you take both of those things as equal? And I think what that has meant is that in the current situation, I've tried to keep employing that. So if I have a productive day, I've kind of understood that that means that the next day might not be as productive, and that's okay.
0: I think it's really interesting because I think describing yourself as ambitious but lazy (laughs) is, I, I absolutely love that definition, but also it just makes me think about how we have this preoccupation with doing stuff and mm-hmm. that actually being someone who, because to me, the way you've described yourself, you, you've described yourself as a problem solver and a go-getter um, and that you will only do something when you see the value of doing it and something that is, when something is important that needs to be done, it gets done. Yeah. That That really should be the definition of productivity. But I think too many people and and you know I include myself in this I used to kind of think about productivity as trying to cram as much in to a short Mm -hmm. amount of time rather than being more effective with how I'm using my time how I'm using my time and how I'm actually getting things done so where you've described yourself to me you do actually sound very productive Um, I mean
2: my life goal is generally to do as little as possible in any given time, so I mean, I it, it's been a weirdly successful strategy for me because it's meant that, like, in terms of work, I've always gone like, "What pays the most money for the least amount of effort?" And that's like i've been like that works for me. I'll pursue as much of that as I possibly can, um and I think that's. we can kind of really penalise people for that. We have a very puritanical view about what it is to be productive and what it is to be a worthwhile human being. And in order to be a worthwhile human being, we have to be being busy and producing something. Whereas, in fact, actually, if we're all just sitting on our bums all day but not causing any harm, in a way we're more worthwhile than somebody being massively productive causing loads of harm.
0: Which I think is really important right now because... Um, for Mm -hmm. people who you know the message is right now is to stay at home and so that's quite counter to not just not just in a work context but kind of productivity and also kind of like a personal Mm -hmm. and social level that runs completely counter to what people think of themselves as sort of a quote unquote good person a productive person we're being asked to sit at home and um, and not do nothing but kind of not do anything.
2: Well, we have to understand this con- this idea that to be a good person, we have to be doing things and contributing is basically a, and this is not to go to pretend I'm some sort of deep rooted communist, I'm not a very big fan of money, but it's fundamentally a capitalist idea. And it's an idea that keeps the entire economy running and keeps other people making more money from your productivity. So... Unless you're in the top 0.0001%, however productive you are, essentially your productivity is about making somebody else somewhere some more money. And for me, I think it's really interesting to take a step back and say, okay, well, actually, if I knew that, and if I really understood what that meant, would I want to be being productive in the here and now? And would I want to be being productive in the way that society is telling me I should? Would it actually be more productive for me to go and take a nap? Would it be more productive for me to go and spend some time with somebody I love? Would it be more productive for me to lie in the grass and look at the sky? You know, this this cult of productivity is a capitalist doctrine, and we have all literally bought into it. That's me on my political rant this morning. Well, I think it's interesting because what we're seeing now is a tension where
1: we're not able to consume, we're not able to do Mm -hmm. in the same way we were before, which is completely shaking um, the economy. But similarly, we're having this thing where on the internet, everyone's suddenly talking about productivity and seeking productivity, which, um, as you say, comes from this certain capitalist narrative. So I think there's a tension where you know everything we've known has been thrown up and we're all kind of obsessed with productivity right now which i think is really interesting particularly at a time where it's almost impossible to be productive because we're in the midst of a pandemic
2: well the other thing to be aware of is that productivity actually for a lot of people is a numbing strategy so being productive is a way to avoid feeling uncomfortable feelings dealing with difficult issues actually having to sit and be with ourselves as people so if we can be busy if we can put our attention elsewhere that means we don't have to deal with the here and now and we don't have to deal with anything that feels a little bit uncomfortable and awkward for us um and i think it's you know unlike all the other numbing strategies the fun ones you know the alcohol the drugs the food the sex whatever you know we have demonized those but we haven't demonized work in the same way and for a lot of people work is just a way to avoid their lives. I can certainly relate to that. And I know that there's
1: been times in my life, particularly when I worked really, really hard all the time. And intensely when I was at early stage startup, um, because I was just escaping myself and general pain. And I feel like I've done a lot of work, so to speak about not doing that. Um, But what I have noticed is in response to the Pandemic and everything's been going on. I have thrown myself into work, and it's such a comfortable place Mm. to be and something to think about. And because my work's really fulfilling, and I find it very enjoyable, it's kind of okay. But at the same time, I'm still doing that thing that you describe, which is, I guess, numbing through work, and and that is basically workaholism, essentially.
2: Absolutely, and and that's not to say that that's a bad thing either, right? This is Particularly now, this is a time when it is entirely okay to bring in some of those numbing strategies and be like, Do you know what, I'm going to have a gin and tonic at five thirty on the dot. Um, it, that's it, it's okay. If we know that we're doing it, if we're aware of it, then that's that is fair enough. It's when we are using it as a way to boost our self esteem, as if it's as as though it's a important and good thing for us when in reality it's actually something that long term is not going to do us any good.
0: Harriet, has your relationship to work, busyness, productivity, has that changed at all as a result of everything that's happening right now?
2: Um, I definitely went through I think the thing that everyone went through which was the absolute kind of fear and terror. So you sort of seeing the work that I relied on just fall off a cliff overnight was really scary um and that definitely hit a lot of my self-esteem it hit I was like oh my god I don't how what if I can't create work and I've always been able I've always prided myself on being able to create something out of nothing so when I needed some money I've been priding myself on being able to create some work and get that in and seeing that just disappear really froze me for a little bit um and so my kind of internal reaction, some people's internal reaction to stress is to go into full on productivity mode, and my internal reaction is to like hide hide under my duvet or just stare at my computer for three hours and not really achieve anything. And so what I've had to come back to is it's okay if this doesn't feel like it's hitting an exact goal. And what I mean by that is that um Sometimes when things are tough, and I think I talked a bit about this on the Resilience Podcast, so apologies if I'm repeating myself, but sometimes Mm -hmm. if things are tough, we try and think them out, we try and work out what the strategy is to getting through them. And we've come really focused on making that strategy work and we put everything into it. And if sometimes that's just not it's not gonna go in our favour. You know, it's not going to be our favor. And so uh, we come up with a great strategy and then a global pandemic hits. And then your client that you thought was going to buy something actually gets the global pandemic and is off work for two weeks. And then when she comes back, she's furloughed and all of that kind of stuff. And so you're doing all the right things, but it's not working for you. And in that place, it can feel really like you are being incredibly unproductive because you've put your attention not on what you're doing, but on the end goal. And so for me, this is a lesson to come back to what is it I'm doing. So even if it's not instantly producing a result, can I take some comfort just from the doing of it? So I write a weekly newsletter. I don't get paid for it. I don't get any money from it. I don't particularly see that I get huge amounts of work from it, but in the doing of it, I find some comfort. And I find that I can go, actually, today I've done this thing. And... It was on my list, and I checked it off. And hopefully, it's benefited someone somewhere. But even if it hasn't, it's made me feel like I have produced something. And so, I guess what this—sorry to go back to your question, which I'm just veering all over the place with—but I get—I guess what this pandemic has taught me is that not anything new, but to go back to that thing which I already know, which is when in doubt, just go back to doing what you are good at, even if it doesn't seem relative relevant even if it doesn't seem like it's going to have an instant outcome if you just go back to doing what you are good at that is the thing that will boost your resilience and your well-being
0: it's um it's so good to hear you kind of talk about focusing on essentially you're saying focus on the process rather than the yeah than the outcome and that's something that i've I've said on this podcast so many times, and it's a mantra that I used to think that I've lived by, but I've had such a rude awakening through this pandemic because, um, what I've really realized is how much I have not been actually doing that myself. And particularly in Mm. regards to, um, all of the things that I do each morning, which, I used to tell myself, I do, I do all of these things like I journal and I have a gratitude practice and I do all of this stuff. And I used to kind of think I'm doing that because, um, that's really good for me. And that's part of my, um, I kind of hate the word self-care, but it's part Mm -hmm. of my self-care routine. Um, and what I've come to realize is that actually I was doing all of that stuff because I just wanted to optimize myself for work and that, I did, I would kind of do my journaling and write out everything that was in my head because I wanted my head to be in the best possible place it could be to get work done. Mm-hmm. Whereas now I've come back to all of these practices and realised that I'm doing them because the actual process of doing them is making me feel good, it's calming me down, it's grounding me. And there is that kind of value in doing, doing those routines for the sake of them rather than for what they could potentially help me achieve.
2: Yeah. Well, I think there's something, Oh, sorry, my dog is just joining me. Um, I think there's something, the thing that I was thinking about just before this podcast started, I was making some bread as everyone is in the pandemic. My bread making has been spectacularly unsuccessful so far. Um, I haven't actually made an edible loaf yet, but I'm ever optimistic. Um, and I was making some bread and I was like, oh, I am being productive. This is quite, you know, I've got to get this dough needed because then I'm doing the podcast at 11, I've got things on. And I was like, this is a really interesting balance. What I'm doing here is I woke up this morning and I got out of bed and I hung up some washing. Um, I tidied the kitchen. I wrote my little kind of, I do something called three pages. So I sat down and did, wrote three pages, which is just free writing and then I read for half an hour or so, which was nice. Just got back into bed and read. And I was like, oh, I might make some bread for lunch. I should get started on that now. I made some bread and came on and did this podcast. And as I was making the bread, that's a very long explanation of my morning. Sorry. But as I was making the bread, what I was thinking was that actually this has been a busy-ish morning. Like, not, you know, frantic, but it's been filled with things and stuff has been happening. And so I have been busy, but I haven't been busy working. I've been busy living. And within that, there is a bit of work. And the thing that I've noticed a lot in the conversation around the pandemic is that people are going, they um, yeah. either on one side, which is, you know, this is the perfect time to launch your podcast, write your book, you know, do all these big things that you haven't wanted to do. Or they're on the other side, which is like, it's a global pandemic. Everyone's in trauma. You don't have to do anything. It's okay just to stay in bed. And both of those things are valid, but actually I think the healthiest thing is somewhere in the middle. Because if we all just went to bed for the duration of this pandemic, we would not be in our best mental health at the end of it. And if we all just worked our socks off for the duration of it, we wouldn't be in our best mental health. And so for me, I think what this pandemic is really teaching all of us is that work is a part of life. And we can't ignore it, but we also can't let it dominate. I feel
1: like when I went freelance and I had to grapple with my relationship with productivity and my work and my life and as you say housework is still work I feel like I did a lot of went on that journey that a lot of people are having to do now because Mm -hmm. suddenly your work and life um, physical space is obviously blended
2: but also psychologically. Absolutely and that we maybe we have more of an appreciation for what people do at home now you know maybe we are beginning to see a better kind of gender split around this um but also the understanding that life is made up of lots of small actions and we've classed some of those actions as work and some of those actions as just life and some of those actions as chores and some of those actions as fun Uh, and that split is very random you know it is all just life and it is all just living and what we want to do is not categorize the actions but actually to say how how do I be in a space where all these actions are enjoyable and fulfilling and giving me something I'm feeling very wise this morning (laughs) I feel like you're being very wise but (laughs) I was just um I was thinking about how
1: um productivity seems to be this thing that people are so obsessed with achieving, but I've always felt like it's fairly straightforward. And almost when we did a, we did an episode on productivity in our previous series. um, And we simply said, one of the keys is to accept, um, and you've already alluded this Harriet, when you talked about naps, Accept that sometimes you have off days, sometimes you have to stop. Mm -hmm. And again, with the communal anxiety and stress of what's going on in the world that matters more than ever and again it's that self-awareness and being kind to yourself to me that feel that feels fairly straightforward but yet it's so hard for us to actually do in practice
2: I mean I think it is but also I think we need to really think about what do we mean about being productive because technically I can say I've had a really productive day if I've sat at my desk for eight hours and I've sent off 20 pitches and I've written three articles and I've done a podcast and you know I've done some social media and some branding but actually if at the end of that day it hasn't made me feel good and it hasn't taken me any closer to what a happy life is I mean it's it's just that's a waste of energy that's not productive that is a waste of energy it's the opposite um whereas if going and taking a nap for an hour is going to make me feel really energized and alive and excited at the end of it which is pretty much how I feel after a nap then that's a great use of energy. And I think we need to redefine productivity as good use of energy, you know? Yeah.
1: And I think often there's times when we just have to stop. And I, and I learned this lesson yesterday. So Mm. in response to the um, not being able to go to the gym. And I really enjoy lifting weights partly because you just stand there and then lift something and then stop. Like it's not, it doesn't feel as it feels pretty, and also, um, output wise, it's quite efficient. So but that's banned. Um, uh, so I, uh, I started going running and I've got, got quite into it and being the type of personality I am, I love to track how far I run and I love mm-hmm. to beat myself. And, um, anyway, my lower back started to really hurt and so I had to take so I took a break and I was like I'm taking a week off I know I have to stop I'm going to stretch twice a day um and then I was like okay I'm ready to go back now I've done I've done the work so I can go back to work (laughs) and um and then I started and then I went back to running and um again like my pain came back and uh when I I'm on Roaccutane which is a drug Mm -hmm. for acne and my dermatologist said oh are you having any problems with pain and I said oh yeah actually I've been having problems with my um, back and legs and I thought I could just sort of stretch my way out of it and she was like no it's a side effect of the drugs um, but anyway so I've sort of learned that this is something I can't control Ooh. really and yesterday I went for a run and I felt really excited about it because I've hit the 5k milestone and I was ready to like put it in the app and run run anyway and I started running and each uh, each stride was agony of pain in my legs and I just wouldn't stop and it was really stubborn and I was grimacing and then about halfway I thought this is insane just (laughs) just and so I stopped and I walked back in the sun and it was a lovely enjoyable experience and uh, I realized that sometimes you just you you can't there's nothing I can do about it it's just I have to stop and be patient and otherwise I'll stop enjoying running if I keep running through pain so yeah I thought that was a really good metaphor for how we can think about our work and ourselves as well.
2: And also that I would ask the question, which is what, what do you want to gain from running? What does running give you? Because, and I say this as somebody who uh, slipped a disc in her lower back, had six months of pain, earned no money, had to have an operation, took six weeks off. So very strongly, if you have pain in your lower back, start, download the Pilates videos, start doing them now. Um, but like when we're looking at particularly exercise, which again, right now it's like, okay, exercise is the good thing to do. We should all be doing it. And we've all only got an hour. So some people are like, oh my God, I've only got an hour and I must do it. But exercise can be a form of numbing. It can be a way that we take ourselves out of the pain, out of the anxiety, out of the fear. And so we think we're doing something that's really good for ourselves, but actually we are just literally and metaphorically running away. And very, very rarely, except if there is a tiger chasing you, is running away a good strategy. So it's about looking at it and being like, well, actually, what I'm doing is if I'm running because I really want to look after myself, and actually the step before that is, what does my body want today? And if your body is saying actually I want to go for a run then fabulous go for a run and if it, you run for five minutes and your body says actually this really hurts you go okay thanks well, we've done a bit of running and now we'll do some gentle walking and maybe we'll do some stretching when we get home um just FYI if you do if you've got lower back issues stop stretching start doing some strengthening I'm just I'm going to send you a whole list about what to do about lower back because I'm so worried about your back now um but it's really about saying how can we look at what drives this need for us to be doing something, whatever that something is I mean really ultimately what this pandemic has done is put us all in rehab, we're all on like step 3 of a 12 step program right now and that's about understanding the why of what we do not just our desire to do it
0: I mean Tiffany your story about the running, it just is such a great Mm. um Example of how productivity, how progress isn't linear, and how productivity needs to be sustainable. Um, and Harriet, just to pick up on what you were saying, um, what do you think is driving this desperation that people have to be productive? It's, you know, that's kind of that that does that need does predate the pandemic, but it's even yeah. you can see even more now, as you kind of alluded to, that there are all of these um, hot takes about oh, it's fine to do nothing or yeah at the other extreme, you must learn a language and yeah. learn a musical instrument and all these things. Why are we so desperate to be productive right now?
2: Um, I mean, I think the answer has to be, and I'm sort of slightly this from Tiffany the other day, but that has to be like a fear of our own mortality. We are being brought very, very, very close face-to-face with our own mortality. Um, and particularly for particularly for London, actually, where we've seen such a fast rate of growth of coronavirus, a a city which is filled by people who, by the sheer fact that they are in this city, which charges you extortionate amounts of money to live there, is huge and sprawling, is filled with angry people. You know, we have to have some sort of weird masochistic drive anyway to be here. Otherwise, we'd all be living in the countryside where it's much much nicer. Um, So we are naturally... Like when naturally there's something within us, which is like, I want to be the best. We've got a point to prove. And suddenly what's happening is nature is turning around and saying, potentially the amount of time that you have to prove this point might be really short. And so we're going, oh my God, well, I could sit here and contemplate what happens with death, and what happens with our bodies and our souls and our beings after we die. Or I could just put my head down and do some work. Or I could get under my duvet and hide. Um, and actually what we should probably all be doing is sitting there and admitting that we have a fear of death. And years ago, it's got so deep, sorry. Years ago, I read this, um, really interesting thing, which said, you know, if you are deeply afraid of death, it's because right now you're not living the life that you think you want, or you think you should be. Um, and it was really profound for me at the time because I, was deeply deeply afraid of dying and I don't know why but I really was and when I when I read that and I thought oh actually this is this is hitting me with something it's kind of saying that actually this whole life that I've created isn't feeling very fulfilling to me right now and so I'm trying to keep death at bay so that I have more time to somehow create a life that feels more fulfilling but actually there isn't more time there is only the here and now so I need to stop doing the stuff that is making me unhappy and start doing more of the stuff that makes me happy, regardless of whether or not that fits with what society tells me I should be doing, my parents tell me I should be doing, my loved ones tell me I should be doing, etc., etc. Um, and you know what? That's a really big question to ask when the entire world is having a complete freakout. Um, and that's, we've got a double whammy. So we are being asked that question in really big, bold letters. But at the same time, the general support that would be around us to hold us in place while we think about it, is also being asked the same question and is also having the same meltdown. So it's not at all surprising that for a lot of us, we're turning away from that and saying, no, no, no,
0: let me just focus on whether or not I can get through this to-do list today it's it's funny because there can be such comfort in um, in just having things just to tick off. And, in, and again, that can be at any point, pandemic or no pandemic, but um, I think I'm kind of finding myself adding extra things on my to-do list just so that I can feel like I'm ticking something off so that I can feel like I have that tiny bit of control over a situation that mm. is completely beyond my grasp. Um, I think there's also something about What I've I've been thinking about recently is there's something also in this idea that, um, you know, for many of us, we we like to believe that our jobs are meaningful and fulfilling um, and holding on to that idea even tighter now, I think gives some of us a a sense of identity at this time Mm -hmm. when all of us are just scrambling around trying to find meaning in this whole situation.
2: Well, it It helps us know who we are and what we're really facing at the moment I feel is um, almost kind of nature uprising and being like, you think that you're in control of this world? You are not. You're just a guest here. And I'm in control of this world and I decide. And as human beings, the thing that we love above all else is certainty. We like being the ones who have the answers, who know what we're doing, who say yes or no. And so to be in a position where we're suddenly with somebody or facing something that says, no, you have no control here. We're going to look for anything that allows us to say in this small box, in this one area, I know who I am. I know what I have to do and I am doing it and I'm being it. And I have to say that like when we look at it that way, we look at it as us versus An uncontrollable force suddenly bringing it back down to who am I and what do I do feels like a not terrible coping strategy (laughs) making it smaller and easier to deal with and hopefully maybe helping people go back to that place again that I talked about at the beginning which is how do I just go back to what I'm good at and just stay there for a little bit without feeling like I have to solve the world's problems I think
1: that 's such useful advice for us all to come back to we 're coming back to what we 're good at, and when you talk about mortality, I think it 's really interesting how I think people are using this time to reflect about what they want from life, uh, which is a form of being productive i 'd argue but for example, on our podcast um, after, after yours, so Harriet was on an episode with us about resilience in the past, which is one of our top episodes um, But not what we've noticed climbing up the ranks is um, an episode called Should I Quit My Job? Mm-hmm. And again, I think something's happening now where, as you say, our mort- we're faced with our mortality We're questioning our lives, we realize that there's these outside powers of nature that we can't control um, so I just think that's really fascinating that that's happening now as well.
2: Yeah. And also I would answer that by saying, no, now is not the time to quit your job. Um, it's a really interesting to me, which is, uh, and I said, so my example of this is that a couple of days ago, I woke up and I was like, you know, kind of just lying in bed at that point where like i should get up but i'll just like scroll through twitter and i saw this long read from the guardian which was why we're all clearing the shelves of food and i started reading it and about two paragraphs in it said you know as we all reach for the pasta and clear it away so there's no pasta left on the shelves and in my my head literally went oh my god there's no pasta left on the shelves and within five minutes i had got on ebay and bought a pasta maker I don't really eat a lot of pasta. I've never made pasta in my life. I'm never going to make pasta. There is still pasta on the shelves of my local Tesco. Yeah. Um, but it was that kind of instinctive gut reaction. And what I remind kind of people that I coach and what I try and remind myself about now is don't make decisions in a crisis. I think Sandra Bullock says this in Speed. She says, no relationship is, (laughs) relationships made in crisis are not meant to last, which is why Keanu Reeves was not in Speed 2. You know? And so, I, I think there's that thing which is just about understanding this is a crisis situation. So don't be going making big decisions. Don't file for divorce. Don't get married. Don't quit your job. You know, don't tell your parent the thing you've been thinking you should tell them for 10 years, but you've never told them before. Like, no, wait for this all to be over, go on holiday, take a couple of weeks, and then if you still want to do those things, then do them. But right now is not the time for big, dramatic decisions. Which I hope it's doesn't not- push your podcast back down the ranks, but I just... <laughs>
1: Yeah. Yeah, that you you you're keeping your numbers at the top. I feel <laughs>
2: exactly. <laughs>
1: That's the type um, resilience. <laughs> yes. Well, actually I um yeah, I actually have to say that I think what there's a reason that your episode about resilience is so popular and I think that not only is resilience one of the most important things we need in general to survive in life, but now more than ever and I think adapt, being able to adapt and tapping into our resilience
2: mechanisms is more important than ever. Definitely. You know, this is, um, this is not something that will be solved overnight. It's not something that when lockdown ends will be finished, it's not something that will be finished maybe in a year's time. So this is actually a really great space for us to learn what we need to be resilient. Um, what's the stuff that we have to put in, to our daily lives that you were saying before. And like, am I doing my gratitude journal because it's actually helping me or am I just doing it because it's another tick list or thing I've said I'm going to do? So I would actually use it as a time to curate the stuff in your world that helps you be more resilient and the stuff in your world that is there because you thought it was a good idea, but actually it's just another thing to do on the list.
0: Do you think or do you have a hope that after this is all said and done, we will have finally turned the idea of productivity on its head?
2: Um, I mean, I would like to think that, but I am very realistic that human beings, we are not the smartest. And we tend to form habits and rely on our habits and stay in our habits. And we've had Um, I mean I always like kind of put the creation of the current workplace on Henry Ford in 1921 so let's just leave it with him for now and somebody can argue with me in the comments if they like but um, you know we've had a hundred years of seeing capitalism and work and productivity in a certain light one year of a global pandemic might not be enough to turn that around forever but what I think it might do is allow us all to see the beauty in the concept of space and really how we can grow and create and flourish even when we're not doing very much. And perhaps it'll allow us to see how little effort is required to really create things, which would be great because then the whole world would come round to my way of lazy but ambitious thinking.
0: Um, That is such a brilliant full circle that I think takes us (laughs) to such a great place and such a great thought to end this on um this idea of everyone should should go forth and be ambitious but lazy i think is a really key message that we should <laughs> spread spread amongst the world and our listeners thank you well thank you for having me on again ladies it's always a joy thank you so much thank Harriet. you so
2: much
1: Thank you to Moo for sponsoring Is This Working? Whether you're a big business or a freelance creative or even just for fun, Moo is the place to
0: go to easily design and print quality postcards, stickers and business cards. Now is a great time for design and printing so that you can hit the ground running when you get back out into the world. Lots of people will also be using this time to finally kickstart their creative careers. We've got 20% off at Moo for listeners of Is This Working? Simply enter the code, is this working, at the moo.com website for 20% off your order. We'll also add that code into the show notes. Where can people find you on the internet if they want to find out more?
2: Uh, you can find me at Harriet Minter on all the various social media forums. Um, And I have a newsletter, which is tinyletter.com forward slash Harriet
0: Minter. Thank you so much.
2: Thank you, Harriet. (laughs) Thank you, ladies. Have a beautiful day. Thank you. Bye.
0: Bye.